Um, I really appreciated the throwback to Jars of Clay, Faith Like a Child. Felt like I was back in high school. Love it. Um, so obviously we've already said this, but we are wrapping up our series, Faith of a Child. And um, I've really enjoyed this, diving um, into some uh, passages uh, alluding to children and what it means to, um, to love God, have faith like a child. Um, and so today we're talking about who is um, the greatest. And so I have a kind of a question for you. When you think of the greatest or the best, I'm just curious who comes to mind. So if you have a person, can you just shout out a name? Jesus? Jesus? Nice. Good answer. Your mom. Love that. Is she in the room? Okay. So you weren't even, she doesn't even know. So you weren't trying to score points. You were just saying it. Okay. Greatest, anyone? What? Dwayne Johnson. Uh, kind of. Do we have one over here? Her. Okay. All right. So obviously I thought the first person I thought of is, I think we have a picture. It's Taylor Swift. She's like a goddess, right? Okay. She is obviously, I mean, she's basically my whole social media feed. Um, maybe, okay, there's maybe another person. So Michael Jordan, I think he's still kind of held as the greatest basketball player of all time. Let's see who else. Winnie Houston, I mean, an incredible, incredible, incredible voice. Maybe think Betty White, rest in peace, national treasure. Um, I also was thinking about like Dolly Parton and people like that that we just need to protect. Um, and then someone that you probably, let's see, who else do we have? We should not say Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not, a lot of people think he's the greatest of all time, but can we just all agree that we don't like Tom Brady? So hopefully he didn't come to mind, we think, of the greatest. So when we think of the greatest or the best, the ones that are never, you know, are, are number one, often we think of um, who has the most money, who is on the cover of the most magazines or on our social media, who has the most rings, the most record sales, all that kind of stuff. It's usually famous people we think of when we think of the greatest or the best or maybe athletes. It's not often inventors or astronauts or, or writers or missionaries or scientists. No one is shouting, oh, you know who's the best? Marie Curie or Rachel Carson or Rebecca Lee Crumpler or Pedro A. Sanchez. You probably don't know who any of those people are. They're famous scientists or professors or doctors. I feel like somehow it's always the ones with a ton of superficial fame, good looks, power, and money. It isn't the lifelong learners who we usually look up to. And I feel like we are often really obsessed with who is the best, who is the greatest. And if we have any sort of influence over anyone or if we find that we are parents, man, we get really obsessed with having the greatest or having the best kid. I mean, think about it. I've got three young children, seven, four, and 14 months old. And these are the things that I've thought of. Have they rolled over yet? 
Can they sit up? Oh, can they wave yet? Can they blow kisses? How many words can they say? Are they walking yet? We've got to make sure that our kids know all their colors and their shapes and their numbers and their ABCs. If they don't, by the time they're like two, they're way behind. They're never going to accomplish anything in their entire life. Are they reading by kindergarten? Oh my gosh, once again, they're super behind. What instrument are they playing? Are they going to make it into the gifted program? What are they ranked in class? What are their test scores? Do they have an Eagle Scout? How many extracurricular activities? How many service hours? Now, a lot of these things are good. They're not necessarily bad, but if we become super obsessive about it and pressure our kids to the point where they are so stressed out, when they're sick to their stomachs and fearful to make any sort of mistake or fail, then maybe we're not doing so good. But think about who the majority of the world, including ourselves, tend to look at as the greatest, who is the best. We say we value certain qualities or attributes. We tell our kids that, but do we necessarily model that? Or do we fall into the trap of thinking only celebrities or athletes or people with money and fame are the greatest? So today we're going to find ourselves in the book of Matthew chapter 18, 1 through 5. So let's go ahead and read our text for today. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I read this and... Children are the greatest. Children, like children, the ones that eat their own boogers. The ones that we have to remind to brush their teeth or remind them to change their underwear daily. The ones who think that there is no greater humor than potty humor. I'm kind of with them on that one. But children, like really children, like children are the greatest. We should be like children. Maybe Jesus said that because he didn't have children. (laughs) Kidding, I love children. But clearly Jesus was trying to make a point. Now at this time in history, children were hardly considered worth anything. They were essentially some extra hired help. Often kept in different quarters of their house along with women because they were thought of so less than. They were a nuisance, they were, they were dirty, and had so little to offer. It's almost as if they were unclean and you wanted to stay away from them. Which is why we see the disciples tried to shoo them away from Christ, because it's almost as they thought they would make Jesus unclean or something. They very much had some of this uh, energy, and I think I have a picture. She was, you know, they were very much like, ew, kids, get away, they're gross, Right? See, children were ignored, often abused, had no rights, they had no value, nothing to offer. More on that later. So what is Jesus trying to say? I thought, who are children? What makes children children? And a few things came to mind when I thought about why we should be more like children, why we should have faith of a child. Paris always kind of, uh, already kind of talked about this, but they're wildly 
curious and inquisitive. Think about how many questions little children ask. Studies show that between the ages of two and five, children will ask 40,000 questions. That's about 100 questions a day. God bless our preschool and kindergarten teachers. But honestly, isn't it wonderful that they want to know things? That they are curious and that they are bold enough to ask. They're brave to ask things like, why? How? I mean, have you ever thought about how incredibly brave and wonderful that is to ask questions? They aren't concerned with looking the smartest. They simply want to learn and grow. And I don't know about your kids, but my kids love to read and they love to tell you when they know something, when they've discovered something new. It's like Christmas for them when they can show me a new skill or share some new knowledge. They want to tell everyone and show everyone because learning and growing and changing is awesome. So when do we lose that? When do we convince ourselves that asking questions is not a good look? When do we grow fearful or, or embarrassed to ask questions? When do we stop seeking new knowledge and challenging ourselves? Why is it that we convince ourselves that we have to be the smartest person in the room? That we have to have all the answers? Or maybe worse, that we have to prove that we were right and that we know it all at all costs? I wonder why we're so scared to say, I don't know. Think of how many classes or maybe meetings or presentations you've been part of and you know that you need to ask a question because you missed something or don't quite understand something, and you don't because you're fearful of being embarrassed. There's a group of us ladies that had our first book club this past week, and we're reading a book called I Guess I Haven't Learned That Yet. And it's about this author, um, Shauna Nequist. Her family uh, moved from Chicago. Her and her husband, her two boys, moved from Chicago to New York City um, somewhat abruptly, and a lot was going on in her personal life. And one thing that she discovered that she says in the book is that her boys were coming home from school and frustrated and upset because they're like, kids already know how to do whatever. How come we didn't learn that back in Chicago? We're so behind. At the same time, she felt that way too. There were so many things that she was learning and figuring out that she thought she had a handle on, but she didn't. And so she taped up this phrase, I guess I haven't learned that yet. And that became her family's motto. I love that. And part of children being curious and inquisitive, they have this very teachable spirit. And honestly, having a teachable spirit is one of my favorite qualities in a person. Being like children means being open to a new way of thinking, learning new things, expanding your worldview to learning one thing and then learning something new on top of that. It means changing your mind. Children are evolving and changing at a rapid pace and somewhere along the way we kind of slow down and we settle in and we say, well, this is who I am now. And I don't think that is what Christ wants for us. I don't think that is a life we are called to as disciples because there's this being, there's this thing called the Holy Spirit when we read, Jesus got pretty frustrated with religious leaders for multiple reasons, but mainly because they were so stuck in their ways. They weren't open to the way the Holy Spirit was ushering in this new way of living. They certainly weren't going to admit that 
they didn't know something. I mean, they were the ones that were right. They are the ones that had all the answers. And you may say, well, Reagan, they did ask questions, and they did, but not in the same way that children do. The, the religious leaders were no longer moldable. They were no longer teachable. We may get frustrated with the way the disciples come off because they, they ask a lot of weird questions and they often mess up and they, and they don't always choose right, whatever that is. But because they were not afraid to ask questions, because they, they were seeking guidance, they were the ones that went on to do great things and spread the gospel because they never stopped learning. They never stopped asking questions. They never stopped looking for guidance. I just think children are moldable and teachable and have so much to teach us how to live in this world. And on a side note, we should give them access to things to learn and grow. And by banning things or taking things away actually hinders the way they can grow and experience the world. But I digress. As children learn and grow, they change their minds. They add to their knowledge. They don't hold themselves, their some, uh, their selves hostage to things they learned in first grade. As they experience the world and people and hear stories and learn history, their minds and their hearts grow. They don't have to hold fast to things they once knew because there's so much more out there. What makes children so wonderful and the greatest is because they want to learn and explore and change. My middle son, Jude, is almost four, and he's really into telling us right now about how tall he's getting. He's not. He's still like a head shorter than everyone in his class. But he'll stand up on a chair and say, look how tall I'm getting. But he's saying more. It's not just about him growing. It's his way of saying, look, I'm changing. I'm learning. I'm not who I was. I'm becoming a big kid. I also have to say, in order for children to grow and learn and evolve, they have to have trusted people around them. Trusted adults or even teens that are maybe just a step or ahead of them or maybe a stage or two ahead. And so it begs the question, who in your life is investing in you? Do you have people that are a few steps ahead, a stage ahead? Do you have accountability? Do you have people that you can ask questions to, that you can seek out their advice? Because we need to be lifelong learners. I think what makes people great is the ones that are always seeking others, that are reaching out for guidance. Yes, we seek God's guidance first and foremost, absolutely. But who are you surrounding yourself with? And do you widen your circle to include different voices and perspectives and life experiences? We don't have to have it all figured out. Each one of us in this room is in process. Maybe you've heard the term sanctification that we talk about um, in Christianity. We're all being refined and changed daily by the grace of God if we allow God to do so. Don't you find it interesting that when Jesus was asked who the greatest was, and kind of an obvious answer, he could have said, uh, a me, <laughs> right? He could have easily said, well, be like me be like me. But then he also didn't say, 
Moses or Abraham or King David or Elijah. He didn't name these great leaders and pillars of the faith. He said to be like children. Children who at the time had zero power, were looked over, were not given the time of day. So what does that say to us? To go back to my earlier point about how the ranking of children in that time and how they had so little value. They couldn't offer much, and yet Jesus has to become like them. Because in a world where people only want to help if they get something in return, or because of their last name or their address or their bank account or their resume or their degree, whatever, those people seem to get ahead. I think Jesus is trying to say something. The persons that simply need to offer themselves is enough. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, but who you are. An honest and authentic self is what God, de- God desires above all else. And someone who's open to learning and growing. The older I get, the longer I'm in this profession, I realize all the time, I guess I haven't learned that yet. And I'm doing my best to explore, to ask questions, to seek guidance, to read and become more childlike. It's honestly a lot more fun this way. Yeah, it's scary admitting how much I don't know. And then having to unlearn things, to go back and maybe apologize for things. But friends, we are called to this holy and sacred work of asking questions, of learning and changing and growing and always, always being open to where the Spirit is leading. We're never too old. We're never too fixed in our ways to change. So who is the greatest? I was reminded this week, children truly are the greatest. Thanks be to God for their example and leading in all of our lives. Amen.